You've tuned into the Bellingham Podcast for the week of November 10th. Happy Veterans Day 2019. This is episode 137. Saluting you from the city by the Salish Sea, I am AJ Barce. And a 10 hut, I am Chris Powell. On this episode, last episode, AJ and I talked about a couple people in our lives who has set our life's asteroid a little bit on a different path based on how they've inspired us. We're continuing that conversation uh, for those who have impacted us, get it, uh, in a positive way. Big shout out to all of our service people who have made the ultimate sacrifice or who are currently in service for this country so that AJ and I can do what we do. In this case, host the Bellingham Podcast. Well put, how you doing, Chris? Uh, love life and uh, a very, in much appreciation of all of our service people uh, doing what they do to defend our country and to serve our country. How the heck are you, AJ? Doing well, Chris, doing well. And thanks to all of our, our military service men and women for their service to our country. I, I just uh, before we took uh, this intro, I think I just realized this is our fourth yeah. Veterans Day. Thank you. Four years. We, well, four Veterans Days. Well, yeah, we're four, not quite four yeah, years. Yeah, we're not four years. But, but uh, dig dang, we've been uh, thanking <laughs> our service folks uh, a, lo- a long time. Uh, this is the fourth time for as it. So we all should. Those of you in uniform and out of uniform, have you gotten the hint yet? We appreciate you. Yeah. All right. Let's continue the conversation. Previously on the Bellingham Podcast. You know, there was this guitarist for Poison. His name, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Always wanted to try to do that. Anyway. Uh, Last episode, we talked about the early days, at least for me, of people who affected my high school and college life. AJ uh, discussed uh, a couple adventure uh, aficionados who have set his path of a creative maker uh, on a different trajectory. We're going to continue that with a couple other categories. Uh, but first, we want to give a shout out to uh, community-powered KMRE 102.3 FM. Community Radio, also streaming online at KMRE.org. They are kind enough to broadcast our show over terrestrial waves on your FM dial 102.3 FM, Mondays at 6.30 p.m. and Thursdays a half hour earlier at 6 p.m. Won't you tune in and listen to us again once you've listened to us on your podcast? Um, let me go first this time because you made me go first because I'm older than you, you young <laughs> punk. You young punk. Um, in my grown-up life, you know, uh, my father passed away when I was 21, and I uh, then graduated college a couple months later, and I really didn't have a whole lot of what you would call mentors, uh, and so I had to figure things out on my own. But in my grown-up life, uh, there were uh, a few people that had impacted me in a positive way that gave me a little bit of fuel. So last episode, I talked about how uh, C.C. Davila, guitarist for Poison, made me want to learn how to play electric guitar. Funny thing, I figured out that the first four strings of an electric guitar are the same as a bass guitar. Mm-hmm. And I found that playing a bass guitar was easier because I only had to play one note instead of formulating chords. Plus, a bass player doesn't have to always be in the spotlight because that's my happy place out of the spotlight. There is a bassist out there who I have uh, mentioned on the show a number of times, but his name is Billy Sheehan. Billy Sheehan initially uh, was in a rock band called Talas, T-A-L-A-S, in the around the late 70s and early 80s. They actually opened for Van Halen Hmm. uh, on on their tour. I believe it was a women and children first tour, but if I'm wrong, hey, Billy, let me know. Love to hear from you. When David Lee Roth left Van Halen in the early 80s, Billy Sheehan was recruited by Roth for his solo band. There is a utopian, 
heavenly album from 1986 called Eat Em and Smile by David Lee Roth, his first solo album outside of Crazy from the Heat, which was actually an EP, not a full-fledged album. Gotcha, music fans. Steve Vai, Billy Sheehan, Greg Bissonette, Brett Tuggle on keyboards, and the master of the illegitimate majority, David Lee Roth on vocals. That, ladies and gentlemen, was the album I wore out on cassette. I played that thing over and over and over again, and the bassist was Billy Sheehan, and I patterned a lot of my hmm. bass playing, my bass learning over uh, from that guy. He has been an inspiration to my musical side of life. Funny thing happened when I was uh, a grown-up, and I accumulated a whole lot of stuff because I wasn't always a minimalist. I was actually a hoarder of stuff. Wait, what? Yep. And I couldn't really let go of things because that gave me uh, an intrinsic value that I was worth something if I had a lot of stuff. Hmm. Uh, on the internet, in the early aughts or so, I happened to stumble upon a website called minimalmac.com. Oh, yeah. And minimalmac.com was written, uh, was curated by a, a fine chap named Patrick Rone, R-H-O-N-E, for those of you playing at home. Uh, I loved everything he wrote. Like you mentioned in episode 136, AJ of Luca Rossini, how you look forward to his content uh, on a weekly basis. Yeah. Whenever Patrick had a new post on Minimal Mac, I devoured it. And he, he set me and my life's asteroid, as I mentioned on the hook, on a different trajectory out of the clutter zone, out of the clutter galaxy, into the, into the uh, vortex of minimalism. And so I have uh, much respect, much props, and actually have been uh, able to call Patrick Rohn a friend cool. uh, as a result. So uh, he's an author of six books and more on the horizon, I would imagine. He's a thinker and a communicator, and I dig that guy tremendously. He's been a big inspiration to me. Uh, after, you know, in the early aughts, I happened to meet someone, probably the first person in my life who continued to care about me even when I was a grumpy butt. <laughs> grumpy he, butt. Yes. Uh, strange fact. I am a grumpy bleep, bleep, bleep at times. <laughs> uh, I, I uh, met someone who, or there was someone in my life who continued to be supportive of me if I tried, wanted to try new things and someone who uh, pretty much loved me no matter what. And uh, to watch my wife be so caring and compassionate with other people who often don't deserve it is something that is incredibly inspiring to me because I see this behavior that I've wanted to have all my life in a rules-based, uh, militaristic, binary uh, existence. Here's a way that I can see this behavior modeled. So, uh, love you, honey. Um, you're an inspiration. What's that Chicago song? You're the reason for my life. You're the inspiration. inspiration. Yeah, okay, all right. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> you are the goods, Chris's wife. Yes, indeed. But uh, as I've morphed into this amalgam uh, known as a mid-40s dad, with all of this experience and people that I've encountered in my life and, you know, hitting the blender of Chris, what pours out is a lot of, uh, you know, appreciation for many people, but some of them are minimalist in general. Once I really got into this mindset of eliminating things and working on the experiences, not things, I see people doing this in their lives and how they don't have a whole lot by choice. Mm -hmm. And I find inspiration in that. They have a lot less weighing on their mind. I'd like to be able to say that for myself. And so therefore, I want to be like them. 
And it started with uh, Patrick and his minimal Mac, you know, live, you know, less technology in your life or the important technology, uh, reading Greg McKeon's essentialism, yeah. another along, yeah, yeah. along those lines, uh, watching, you know, the early days of the minimalists before the documentary that blew them you know, off the charts, uh, in, into the zeitgeist of, uh, societal knowledge. These people that are trying to just only have a few things that are important. That's an inspiration to me. Uh, and it, that's, you know, who I intend to model in my grown up life. Golly, I went gushy, uh, no, it's good, dude. tender, soft, uh, emotional during that time. AJ, who, as we continue, uh, in this inspiration, uh, two part of who has been inspiring to you, uh, in your grown-up life, so I'm gonna I'm gonna actually jump in right where you left off, which is minimalism. Well, please do. So one of the things that I, I my wife and I have always kind of been following is uh, more of the alternative living scene, and so there is a a fine gentleman out of I think he's out of New Zealand, um, Bryce Langston, who runs the channel Tiny uh, or Living Big in a Tiny House. Oh yes, which that's a YouTube channel. It's a YouTube channel, there and now go. he also wrote a book. Oh really? Uh, I don't know if it's come over to our shores yet but uh yeah he wrote a book and it should be either out on the other side of the world or is coming out i don't remember but this is a guy who was an actor and i think he had a couple of parts also a singer and musician but he really glommed on to this whole minimalist movement around alternative homes smaller living and what that lifestyle brings more experiences versus things that whole thing and he started a youtube channel and of course, it's a platinum YouTube channel. He's got like millions and millions of, of subscribers and stuff. But when you watch this dude, he goes around the world and talks to people who have either struck out and made a tiny home themselves or contracted to get one or is embracing an alternative and smaller footprint. And the stories that he brings onto that channel is the things that uh, my wife and I love to watch because it's cross-cultural. Like there's an episode uh, in Japan where there's this small, I mean, we're talking small folks, like maybe 200 square foot uh, or 20, what is that? 20 square meters trailer, for lack of better terms, that somebody built out of cedar, but built in more of a Japanese tradition. Uh, And so you see not only the people and personality, but the different construction methods and how they optimize space that fits their workflow. It just seems a lot of the things that you and I talk about digitally, but much more in an analog sense because it's your, you know, it's your home. I love all of those stories. And, you know, there's a few, he goes up to Vancouver every so often. There's some really killer uh, Vancouver builds because obviously the Vancouver housing market is like two, what, two, what the two heck? or three X over Bellingham's market. Right. We have some tiny homes here and in Bellingham, but if you're, it's just an interesting watch. And, and Bryce seems like a really cool dude surprise. Every time that there's a new show on his channel, my wife and I always kind of love to tune in just to kind of get a new perspective of, of the house that we live in Absolutely. and how we can optimize our house. Hey, so. Bryce, anytime you're in Vancouver, you want to go south of the border, first round's on us. Totally. AJ, I'm going to go off script a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, there's a script? I'm going to try Where to pitch- the script? I'm going to try to pigeonhole you. Go for it. Are you ready? Okay. Trey Radcliffe. Jason Heaton, Bryce Langston. These are three of your inspirational uh, uh, human beings. Yeah. The common thread that I'm seeing is they are all creating something. Yes. In this case, a YouTube video, photography, and uh, or, or essays. Yeah. Uh, and, and such. But and they're traveling the world. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking 
that if there's a time when the magic wand hit you and you became Mr. Rich Moneybags uh, Megabucks, you would be writing and taking photography going around the world. Probably as I look at my world timer. But, uh, yeah. but I don't, I mean, not even money, uh, not Mr. Moneybags either. I mean, uh, by no means, I, uh, I would say any of these guys are moneybags. Okay, fine. So let me retract the financial yeah, yeah. Uh, acumen to be able to create things while seeing the world. Yeah. Totally. What a wonderful, inspiring uh, venture for you. And if I could, I mean, uh, tapping into Jason, like if, if like my wife and I could tag team and have my, my son, it obviously older, be like a, you know, stagehand type of thing. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that'd be great. We'd be the Robinson Carusos of of media. As I'm, it were. I'm picturing your son holding. So Samuel Robinson, rather. So Samuel Robinson of, of media. I'm picturing your son holding that shiny circular reflector, yeah. reflector <laughs> thing while you're taking your shots. <laughs> yeah. Did I get the right angle, Danny? Yeah, I think that would be, that's not his voice, by the way. That was no, mine. No. Uh, that would be a great family venture. <laughs> it would. It would. I think we see something coming in the near future. Uh, maybe. So anyway, so yeah, there's that. Uh, along the same lines, I love a good story. And I think great big story on on YouTube. They've also done some partnerships with um, doing advertorials for like uh, Lufthansa and CNN and stuff. Sure. But again, seeking out story. Like they go out and they cover the coverage that kind of like you, what you mentioned last episode. Would you would you do something if it was above the fold? Yes. You know, there are certain stories out there that people just do and they just do it well. And it's not news. It's not something that they actively strive to get into a newspaper. Kind of like starting up a podcast. Kind of like starting up a podcast. But that's that's the stories that Great Big Story kind of hounds out, and their there's their team is just killer. Like their visuals, the way that they they get the story, source it, whatever, and they keep it short and bite sized. And when you watch their stuff, and yeah, they do some some advertorial stuff, but when you look at their their pieces in earnest, there's no you don't really see a bias. It's just a story. And in today's day and age, I really want to see more content like that. Very good. Well, um, and it's on you to be able to uh, help spearhead that movement. Yeah. Now I'm going to pivot a little bit and go back to photography. Go right ahead. But more in the analog sense. There's a photographer out of, I believe he's based out of Munich. Uh, and I've, I've mentioned his channel briefly before. Uh, his name is Max, and he has a YouTube channel with uh, two colleagues, uh, Jules and, and Greg, called Analog Insights. Okay. And here is a, a photographer, uh, and again, he, he also does a lot of commercial work as well, but he's passionate about the analog photography and specifically like getting back to those cameras that set forth what we have today in more of the digital age and doing reviews of these old cameras that still are around. You can find these cameras, relatively speaking, in, in any, any shop, um, whether it's your local camera shop like Quicksilver here in Bellingham or, uh, you know, the, your local flea market. A lot of these cameras that were built in the, the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s are perfectly good and well and, and service ready, ready to go. And it's a shame that they're, they're either seen as like a dust mantle piece or whatever. True story. And you've been to my house. I have. There are several film cameras around my house yes. on bookshelves. Most of them are usually racked with film and ready to go. Okay. I mean, you could go in, grab a camera, mm -hmm. pull focus, set light meter, and take a shot if you wanted. I don't keep cameras as showpiece. Well, there's one that's a showpiece, and that's because I broke it. Sorry, honey. But relatively speaking, like I love the fact that when you look at photography, I like photographers who don't focus on the kit but the shot. Um, whether it's Matthias or Trey or Luca or any of these guys, Max is the same vein. When he talks about going on a photo walk with his friends, picking the film stock that he has because he likes it. 
the same thing uh, with all of these 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 creators whether it's from from Jason Heaton down they pick the best tool for the job and they go forth and frame it in real life now yes we all do commercial work we all all do um, I have client work as well but it's the shots in between the, the people that, that have that mentality of, yeah, there's our, our, our professional creative life, but then there's the shots in between that don't necessarily always make it to Instagram. Those are the ones that are trophies that we keep and we do because they're meaningful to us. And I feel like these, these, these men and women, I look to uh, as inspirational because I feel like they're in that same ilk. So anyway, if, you, if you're interested in, in film photography or maybe you have an old camera that maybe you're, depending on your age, your, your father, grandfather, um, you know, or our crazy uncle has around the house and, and you're like, hey, you mind if I have that? Put some film in it and try it out. And I've mentioned that before on a previous episode on the same uh, Analog Insights, the this, this same channel. So uh, shout out to Max over in Munich. Very cool. But before I, I tune in on my on my my final person that kind of inspired me, I'm also going to point out that you might be listening to us on Camry 102.3 FM. Community powered and streaming all over the friggin' place at KMRE.org. Is friggin' gonna give us an explicit tag? No. Okay, good. Streaming all <laughs> over the friggin' world at KMRE.org. So while you're tuning in, if you're interested in some folk music, I want to point you to an obscure artist, or I think it's obscure because I haven't met anybody else who's, if I mention this name, that has heard of him. Uh, John Gorka. Well, John Gorka's parents have heard of him. They're very you, proud of okay, their son. Okay, Captain Pop Culture, have you heard of John Gorka? <laughs> sure, he's in a contemporary I, American... No, 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 no show notes. Drink. Oh, sorry. For the love of Tully Blanchard, drink. Um, no, I'm not familiar with John Gorka. Please tell me about John Gorka, AJ. So John Gorka was introduced to me from a former boss in my my youth. And he, uh, sup David, he, before I departed to come up to Bellingham, uh, he he gave me some really awesome advice that really I, 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 I glommed onto and, and kind of helped me get through my graduate school years. I'm very thankful for, for the advice that he gave me. But he also gave me a, a book recommendation and a, a, a music recommendation, and John Gorka was it. And I remember thinking to myself, self, who the heck is John Gorka? I've never heard of him. He is a, he's a contemporary American folk mu- musician. In 1991, Rolling Stone magazine called him, quote, the preeminent male singer-songwriter of what has been currently dubbed today the new folk movement. He's a finger-picking, finger-strumming, acoustic guitar-carrying, epic beard-wearing mm. gentleman with an excellent voice, and the music, when you listen to it, you can't help but not appreciate what he what he what he he sings about sounds captivating there's a song called oh abraham that i have in the show notes i would encourage everybody to start there and when you listen to it it's awesome okay i'm just i'll just leave it at that there you go so chris that's the international scene i got a lot of peeps that are international and national man uh is there anything here in bellingham that inspires you other than the two uh front-facing folks at Hana Teriyaki on Holly Street. <laughs> love your folks. Uh, I l- love your cheery uh, disposition and how you take our order for spicy chicken teriyaki. Uh, I want to talk about someone who li- is living in Bellingham, and I'm not going to name the person's name. Uh, and th- No, this is not my wife. This person had a very difficult uh, story growing up and had uh, found themselves uh, on the streets and had experienced homelessness and eventually got to the place where this person got themselves cleaned up. Hmm. Uh, this person did an insane amount of work 
gut-wrenching, hard work to get clean and sober, to get their life on track, to gain some skills. This person has chosen to raise their two children on their own, got hired in a position uh, doing some culinary work hmm. for a, a local uh, area here in, in Bellingham, flourishing, awesome. is able to provide a roof over this person's children's head, food, healthy food, tasty food, because this person's a good cook, uh, on, on their plates, paying the bills, not relapsing, going through the tough stuff of confronting things from the past. We all have those demons, those uh, things from the past. I am inspired by how this person can, and this is a real person, by the way. I'm not just telling you. Yeah, not fictitious. No, I, I, can, I can tell by your tone. Yeah, uh, but this person is so inspiring to me on what they did because they saw uh, something that mattered, and that was their children. And uh, to keep that... Uh, engine going to get back on the tracks and to get more coal in that fire. That in Bellingham is incredibly inspiring to me. Uh, and so props to that person who may be listening to the show. You know who you are. Uh, I see you every now and then. And uh, for those of you that don't think someone can uh, re re you know, rebuild their lives, have have a little bit of hope in some of the people that you encounter who may not be in the, the best place in their life. I'm off my well, soapbox. That was, that was deep. I, that was deep. I go deep, man. I've been doing this for 130 plus episodes, man. I got the card to be able to play right here saying, this is Chris's going deep card and getting like genuine and real. I keep it real. Uh, <laughs> Keeping it real, kids. Let's, uh, as we're kind of, I'm seeing how we're getting close to uh, a showtime. We have uh, a little bit of a new segment without a, a, a hook theme for no, an no, agent. It's not, it's not a hook or a theme. It's just something that uh, I've wanted to weave into the show because you and I are always uh, reading or curating or doing something. And in the past, there's always been, you know, tech that caught our eye. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to, <laughs> I, I kind of wanted to shift that a little bit to more of uh, an analog side of things. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> deeper voice means more analog. Why not? Okay. Tech. Yeah. Analog. So, yeah. So kind of, kind of consider this like a cultural bookmark. I, I like I, that. I, I don't know. Like I just something, something within, something within our realm that we're reading that again, inspired us or kind of impacted us. Something we like to share with y'all. Exactly. But doesn't usually fit within the normal scope of, well, what is a normal scope of our show, Chris? A mouthwash. Uh, <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> yeah, really. All right. What's a cultural bookmark, Adrian? So, Let's get so, back on track. So I've got a book for everyone. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a very obscure book. It's called On Puget Sound by Robert Wilkinshaw. It was first printed in 1929. Okay. Uh, I, you can find a copy of it every so often at your local bookstore, especially here in the Pacific Northwest. I've got a link in the show notes. For the love of Arn Anderson, drink. Uh, to Amazon. Sometimes you'll find a used copy on Amazon um, as a as a bookstore. I, I will use their name and reference there here. There you go. And uh, just because it is obscure, I don't even know if you can find an ebook of this. I, I don't know if there is an, uh, a digital version of it because it's so old. But what's interesting about reading about this is if you're if you're uh, a fan of of Pacific Northwest history, this is basically a narrative version of our Pacific Northwest history going back to you know, Captain Cook and Vancouver and the founding of Puget Sound. And reading it, it's just been interesting because the descriptions of, you know, uh, Coulson, Mount Baker, 
um, Mount Rainier and reading it from back then to today. It's interesting how some things have changed, both positive and negative, mm-hmm. and some things don't. And in reading it, it reminds me of my what I, I, I quote uh, on the show often is, the mountain doesn't care. Right. mountain doesn't care if you live, you die, it doesn't matter. The mountain is the mountain. And just reading this book and reading a little bit of our, our history, and I haven't read through all of it. I've only got about a quarter of the way through. There's also some illustrations in it and stuff if you can get, some, if you can get one of the original copies. Uh, it's really cool. Um, when I get to the end, maybe I'll do a little bit of a book review of it. But Absolutely. It's an obscure book. From an analog side, we don't want you to get the ebook version. Well, get the actual physical book version. True. And put it on your bookshelf or some other kind of thing because this will make you look well read because it's an interesting book. Fun, fun Easter egg. If you've watched my Instagram in recent months, uh, it's the book that's usually in the background. That's kind of been the, the string. Uh, you'll see this green book that's usually in the background if, if you see any type of uh, static shot. And so is that Instagram account you're referring to uh, a city of subdued photographer? No, no. At AJ Barsay. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay, cool. Um, so as far as an idea for you to check out from an analog standpoint, I happen to be going to Village Books, that beautiful (laughs) independent bookstore here in Bellingham. And I was browsing the periodical section and a lot different than you'd find in a grocery store. They've got some obscure titles on very interesting topics. And one of them I just happened to look at, it said 0.4. Yeah. Now what the heck is 0.4? A fraction? Uh, Perhaps. But 0.4 is a magazine or a zine, but it, it contains information to improve your mind and your well-being. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. Got a link, point, P-O-I-N-T, point four mag.com. It's a very simplistic site. I like it. It's great it's design. Great. Ex- exactly. And issue 01 just came out. So the debut issue just came out. It caught my eye. Yeah. Periodicals, it caught my eye. And the thing is, it was $18. Sure. Okay. A lot for a magazine because, you know, magazines have always been yeah, yeah. Uh, less than what you might expect. I bought it because I wanted to, one, support the, the creators of this magazine. And I found that if I sit down with my warm beverage getting into Huga mode, ah, Huga. I'm feeling the paper. It's a high quality paper yeah, yeah. on my fingers. Well, for those of you that can't see me, I'm taking my thumb and rubbing the pads of my middle and index finger together. It's also what my son does when he wants money. For, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But point four magazine, I believe there's something about, uh, there's a, there's a, a, a reason why they call it that. And I, and I forgot it cause I didn't do my research. Yeah, on yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. But go to the website and check it out. Uh, they do have an e print version available, oh, they do. uh, but that is, you know, going to cost you. Uh, but stay tuned in 2020 for issue two. If you haven't got it, I got a feeling sneaking feeling that there might be some issues still available on village books, newsstands should hmm. be interested, interested in a high quality periodical. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how there is a carefully lovingly curated, uh, publication similar to the Analog Explorer, uh, that wants to improve us as opposed to try to get us to buy stuff. And that is uh, what Point Four Magazine, I think, is all about. Well, that kind of dovetails into kind of like my, my final thoughts. Like when we, were doing, when we were doing the show notes for the show, like the one thing I think I started our show notes with is uh, I want to highlight things that isn't just for the sake of the gram, right? Like yeah. that, that's kind of the, the influence that is right now right now and has been for quite some time is we create content for the sake of likes and retweets and gram and whatever and in curating kind of the people that i picked like they they make because they want to Mm -hmm. and they make because they feel compelled to or um 
they have a story to share, you know, and, and same with you, like uh, point. I, I remember seeing, I did the same reaction when I saw point four on the, on the uh, newsstand when I was in, in village as well, mm-hmm. because it's very stark cover. It's a white cover, yep. big bold print of point four, And then a photo, if I recall, mm-hmm. I thought it was something for like, um, it looks like a, it looks like a periodic table of elements, but yeah. for a photography, I thought that's what it was kind of jiving off of. But one of the things, and I wrote this in the, the Analog Explorer in my manifesto, is, you know, going forward into 2020, you know, hindsight's always 2020, coming up, you know, I just kind of wanted to showcase people that live better, stronger, and better, you know, whatever that means to you. Yep. And if you like something, like it for your reasons, not because you're influenced by it. A lot of these people are, are influential to us, but nobody here that I can see, like... I'm not persuaded to do something because of them. Right. You know, I just, I look, I look up to their style or I appreciate their, their artistic uh, gravity. I'm thinking if you are uh, looking at a yoga instructor or a CrossFit trainer or a running coach or someone on a pulpit of whatever house of worship you may be going into and you are finding that they uh, are impacting your lives in a good way, whether it be physically, spiritually, uh, someone standing in front of a classroom Mm -hmm. teaching, uh, someone who is advising you on how to uh, mind your pennies and quarters, mind your P's and Q's. Uh, from a financial standpoint, if, they, if those people are inspiring to you, that's who you should focus your attention on because they, that's a great place for you to uh, learn from, to emulate, to get to fuel your engine in your train mm-hmm. as we're chugging into a new decade. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's a new decade in two months. Uh, <laughs> less than two months. But... Uh, we want to be able to highlight, and I think we're going to, as we approach the end of 2019, uh, people around Bellingham and Whatcom County that are creating, that are making, that are leading, that are providing that coal for our engine, if you will. And maybe they'll be uh, the same for you as well after hearing us. I think we should stick a fork in this show. Well, that wraps it up for this very insightful edition of the Bellingham Podcast. Thank you again so much for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us, wherever you like to get your podcast. Remember, if you're in the Bellingham area, you might be listening to us on KMRE 102.3 FM. They're community powered and they're streaming worldwide at KMRE.org. And on that note... Stay mindful. I'm AJ Barsay. And thank you once again to all the service people for your service, keeping our country safe. We love you. I'm Chris Powell. Thanks once again for joining us on the Bellingham Podcast. Rock on. Crouton. <laughs>